Hey coconuts, welcome back to TFC's weekly market updates where we scour the net to find worthy financial news to be further discussed and expanded. For our first story, will BAYC's ApeCoin also give a 1000% return? For our second story, is Tencent's growth over? We find out more during their earnings call. And lastly, the bond and equities markets seem to be diverging. Is a recession finally before us? Stay tuned in this coming episode. Hey coconuts, welcome back to Weekly Market Updates with me, Rakesh. Anthony. Hey, and where did Jefferson go? And Is no Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, for, for coconuts out there, he is on a cruise. Uh, so he is taking a, a, a break. Apparently he needs it because he's working hard. <sighs> Terrible employers. Just this. <laughs> <laughs> no, my love. One, one weekend a week or something like one weekend a year, we can let him go. After he has to come back and join us. Right? Yeah. But you still have macro today, right? I will try my best yes. to talk about macro today. Yes, yes, definitely. Right. So we'll end off with a bit of macro there uh, with regards to, you know, bond and equity markets that are diverging. But first, we're going to start off with a little bit of, you know, banter sesh with ApeCoin. Woohoo! All right. All right. <laughs> they just launched out uh, a coin. All right. We'll talk about that in a second. And then, of course, in the middle, where the patty is, is definitely talking a little bit about Tencent. They've had an earnings call and we talk a bit about their growth there. All right. So first topic, ApeCoin. ApeCoin. Right. All right. Like, Anthony, I think... Why don't you tell one, me what ApeCoin is, right? Um <laughs> I, I don't well, know. I, I I see the news. Uh-huh, I see the headlines. Sure, sure. I, I'm like, sure. No, I, I'm a boomer. I don't want to touch this. <laughs> no, nobody says we should be touching this, but we should be at least talking about it, right? Okay. So, yeah, it, it coin, which is uh, actually created by the Bought Eight Yacht Club collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are if if for you know coconuts out there that don't know if you've seen on Instagram or Facebook your profile pictures of of an ape. Um, they're actually part of the Bought Ape Yacht Club and they bought these apes on um, the NFTs previously and that has so, sort of skyrocketed in value and they just released yep. a coin, right? Uh, what, seven days ago now? Seven, eight days ago now? It's, uh, what is it? It's been the most traded <laughs> token by Ethereum whales this past seven days, right? And I think one thing to note is, will BAYC's ape coin give us a thousand X return? Anthony, take it away. Well, I mean, if if you owned a bot ape, right, you were literally given these coins free. So your returns are infinite. Mm. You, you got them free, you got them zero, and then now it's humongous, humongous amounts per coin, right? So, yeah, you you, you if you were early and, or you were part of the club, definitely you have good returns. If you are mm. buying in, you are, if you are aping in now, I don't know. I, I don't think so. It's right. it's very hard to see. And and the and why I say this is you know that there, there's always the like in crypto there's always the constraining ideas of like market cap and you know fully diluted value right which is the, the your your price t- times you know all the coins that you are going to release you know sometime in the future and yes. if you know just looking at it, what eight coins current values are a thousand x really means they are up there with ethereum and, and all that so, so that's the bet that you want to bet on. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a nice momentum play, right? There, there is definitely momentum. Maybe it goes yeah. up a bit more, maybe not. But you know, you you go in with your eyes wide open and be prepared to to exit quickly, whether it's up or down. I would say. Got it. 
It's a bit like, I mean, this is effectively gambling, right? Um, trading, <laughs> let's no, call it trading. <laughs> you can even draw a few lines on a chart and say, this is known trading, I know my risk. <laughs> the risk is quite infinite. I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a question mark on my side, right? I, I can't say that I'm going to buy into it. If, I do, if I'm doing it, it's money that I'm effectively speculating that, you know what, if I put in 50 bucks, maybe it'll become 300 bucks or, or 400 bucks or whatever it is. But yep. uh, I think on my side, I have to be prepared to lose that money, whatever I'm putting in. Um, but Anthony, I think you were mentioning, right, just before this as well, that usually when a coin is, is released and all of these things, you don't actually have it on the big wallets and the big exchanges. Can oh, you walk yeah. us through that? So, I mean, normally if, if you're a small coin, you know, the, there, there's no trading volume for you, right? So if you're Coinbase or, or FTX or Gemini, they, they are not interested in listing a coin on their exchange because at the end of the day, there's, there's no trading volume. They're not going to get any fees. What's the point, right? It's just a waste of resources. And what, what was interesting about ApeCoin is that once they got airdropped, they actually were on a lot of the big um, exchanges, centralized exchanges very quickly. So they, they were on FTX, I think they were on Gemini, oh. I think they're now on Coinbase. You know, it's, it's insane backing, right, for, for a coin. And, and this is really more testament to the fact of that board apes are fancy and cool and you know, have mind share in the crypto market more than anything mm. else. So, so if you can afford it, maybe buy a board ape and, instead of ape coin, but it's terribly expensive. Right. I, it's I, very I expensive spend, now. <laughs> I can't spend that amount of money on JPEG, man. That, that I can wreck it safe. I, I you don't technically like, own. Exactly. <laughs> I, I know it's different. I, no, no, don't play me. I know it's different. But, you know, if I want to look at a picture of an ape, I could right click save it and, and look at it anywhere at one. I, I could set up a profile <laughs> pic on Facebook, uh, screen save on my phone, whatever, right? So, yeah, I mean, but we are not talking about NFTs um, and, and no, whether they are used for or not. <laughs> yeah, Ipcoin is, is an amazing story, but I think, you know, maybe it's GME, right? And then mm. a year later, we're still here talking, oh, Ipcoin has survived and they are now the top 20 um, market cap coin. And you're like, wow, yeah. how did it happen? Yeah. But that's the way it is. What, what are they now? What are they? Top 60, isn't it now? Coins? Yeah, I, I think they're, they're, they're 60 plus. Wow. Which is amazing. Because yeah, that's higher great. than a lot of, you know, coins with actual users like Render and Arif and, and all that kind of Web3 stuff. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's definitely a hype for me uh, as well. So, coconuts, just beware, right? Uh, if you are going into this, know your risks. But they are available <laughs> if, you are, if you are looking to purchase it, right? Cool. All right. Let's jump on to the next topic. Tencent has its earnings call. Anthony, what happened there? I I don't know. I I think that the key question, you know, after the Tencent earnings call is is really, is Tencent's growth over? Right? So let's not talk too much about the the numbers, um, just very basic ones for um, Tencent. I think a few key highlights. One is that, you know, year on year, their revenue growth for the fourth quarter was only 8% this year. And that's like the lowest ever growth rate since they listed in 2004, right? Wow. Um, they, they had huge EPS, um, which, you know, beat expectations by like thousands of percent. But mm-hmm. a lot of that is attributable also to their divesting in JD 
of JD. So I think oh, a few yeah, months yeah. back, they, they essentially you know, took their stake in JD and distributed shares to Tencent shareholders. They said, look, we are giving you free JD shares. Right, that, that's a dividend. <laughs> um, which is great. Uh, and, and that increased their EPS. But you know, this, this is clearly a one-off, right? Just on the numbers. Not, not fantastic, I would say. You know, if, if we look at growth companies, we, we tend to focus a lot more on revenue and, and that's just slowing. I think what was really interesting is, is how they, they kind of explained the numbers. Mm. Right? So, so what they said was, look, you know, everybody knows we had a regulatory crackdown last year. Um, and what that has meant is that, you know, at least for the gaming section, sec- yeah, at least for the gaming um, divisions, I cannot put my teams to, to create new games. I have to put them on, you know, implementing the regulation. So things like blocking right. users, uh, bro- blocking underage users from accessing at certain hours, having face facial recognition to, to do the blocking. I had to use my existing manpower resources to, to do that. And that just meant that I couldn't create new games or I couldn't, you know, change my game mechanics. I couldn't update my games as quickly and, and it's just that to drop in revenue. Right. Right. And so they were effectively kind of, you know, well, no, not kind of, but they were affected by the by the regulatory changes, by the regulatory yep. crackdown uh, that happened in what Q three, Q four, Q four rather. Sorry. I think it, I mean it's happened for an entire year, but yeah, you know, I think it, it's just uh, the continuing effect of it. I would say, right? Because mm. yeah, you're right. Q three, Q four is when the reg- the actual regulations, you know, actually got implemented for for some of them. Yes. Right, and and I think it was also around that period where there was actually no games being approved in China. Yeah, so so essentially now, if you're in China, you have to release a game. You need to get approval from from regulator before you can release on the App Store. Right. Wow. And wow. and that's and those you know that that pipeline of approvals has just kind of stopped. So they're like, yeah, I have no new revenue sources. I, I rely on my existing games and and try to update them and and get more money out yeah. of them. And, and question, yeah. right? Remember how uh, China was, or maybe I think China still has the number of hours of gaming time you can play per week or something yeah. for for kids. So that was yeah. all. That was all Q three, Q four, wasn't it? It wasn't that long ago. So this would have affected it. Yeah. So 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 I, I mean I, I remember looking at it at the time. I was like, oh yeah, but actually, you know what? Ju- like young or juniors, right? Kids are a very very small percentage of their revenue. I think it was like six, seven percent, right? Um, the bulk of people who pay for games are actually much older than that. So, so I think where that regulation has really bitten them is is really in terms of resource allocation. At least the, the way that Tencent explained it is more about resource allocation and you know putting people from from trying to grow the revenue and trying to grow the business to dealing with regulation, right? right. And, and that's just the, the problem that they faced. Got it. And the games division, though, how big is it as compared to, to the rest of the divisions, Tencent? It's, it's the largest one, I would say. Mm. Right. Um, I mean, it, it's split between domestic and international. Domestic is, is the one that's re- really huge and, and down. I think it actually went down 5% from the previous quarter. So, so there, okay, they were, wow. it's shrinking. It shrunk from the last quarter, at least. Um, but international revenue is not too bad. I think they grew like 30% year on year. So, so maybe there's hope there. Right, as and you know, we they own stakes in so many game studios. Yeah, it it could it could be it, it's a bright spot, I would say. Cool. So then, this regulatory crackdown that is happening in in China is really affecting them, causing them yep. to move people to fo- focus and fix your processes around these regulations, which therefore caused a slowdown in the quarter quarter on quarter growth. 
Yeah, so okay, so so that that's for gaming, right? And you know, yes. chi- well, China didn't only have like internet regulations. That this whole macro slowdown in property, absolutely. Uh, we have <laughs> talked about it. Um, you know, at ed- education, stop advertising. You know, we remove focus on tuition. I I don't mm. think we talked about it, but you know that that has happened, right? And it's been the news, and that's also impacted Tencent. Right, and they are ads business because they they have WeChat, they they have the whole platform, and and they kind of and and those monetized by ads, right? So if if you have a property slowdown, your developers are not going to advertise. You know, tuition centers are now banned from advertising. So so that's another source of revenue gone. It's just been been a bad year for them, I think. And and their ad revenue was down thirteen percent year on year. Well, thirteen percent year on year. So not not a small wow. um, drop. Got it. So, so tell us more. Right? Is this, you mentioned right at the start, this is not really a growth stock. Where, yep. where do you see it? Or, or has anyone, like, like effectively, what did they say in their, in their earnings call, right? Did they consider themselves a growth stock? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think they, they said it as clearly. Um, I, personally, I think it's, it's trending, it's tending more towards the value side, right? Where, where you look at your financial metrics and they are, you know, really cheap on a relative basis. You look at their business and you go, wow, this is a strong business with good modes. If only regulations aren't as strict, but you know, that, that's, that's not something we can control. So, so yeah, I think it, it's probably, you know, tending towards the, the value end of the spectrum rather than growth. But they, they did say something very interesting about their growth prospects though, right? So... Okay. Their president, uh, Martin Lau, who, who's an ex goldman and all that, came out to say that, well, you know, the, the, our industry in recent years have overemphasized zero-sum competition, aggressive marketing, right. reckless expansion, and short-term growth. So that, that's why we grew so much, and, and that's frothy and, and unhealthy and unsustainable. <laughs> so now we are going to focus on healthy, sustainable, long-term growth. Of course, he didn't say slower, but that, I think that's what he means, right. and, and we all know that. <laughs> How many times did you think you had to practice that in front of the mirror before saying that at earnings call? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how he said that with a straight face. <laughs> right? but, but yeah, props to him. You know, he, he plays the game and, and you know, he knows how to play the game. So good for him. Mm. And good as a shareholder to, to have management that, that kind of knows how to navigate you know, these tricky waters, I would say. Definitely, definitely. Cool. So then we should look at look at Tencent, right? And and I guess the question I'm trying to ask here is for our investors out there who are looking to invest into Tencent or into the China market, or in your case, already have invested in Tencent. <laughs> <laughs> what's what what's what's your advice? What's your play? I don't know. Um I think ten I like Tencent, right? I, I think it's it's probably my my favorite or second favorite Chinese company. Uh, I, I mm. think they have, they have good management, they have good products, they've obviously conquered the market with WeChat. You know, if we believe in the metaverse and, and gaming, you know, they are going to be one of the leaders out there just by virtue of owning what, lots and lots of game studios, um, both yep. overseas and, and domestically. Right? They, they have been fantastic at investing. It's, they're like a quasi-China venture fund. You know, they, they, they take part in seed rounds and all of that. Like, like you see their stakes in JD and C, right? Those, those are huge. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that there's a lot of promise in Tencent, um, I would say. So, you know, but this is not a short-term stock, right? The the big headwind in the short term is still regulations. We don't know how they'll really affect. We don't know what will actually come out, even though mm. the, the Chinese vice premier came out two weeks back and said, I'll, I'll communicate better, you know, we'll give clearer guidance and, and all that, but... There's no action, right? So, so yeah, we, we don't know yeah. what actually happened. 
So, so there's a lot of short-term payments if Good. anybody wants to buy. And this is not financial advice. It has to be for the longer term, I would say. Yeah, got it, got it. Yeah, man. I mean, for me, the biggest question mark is is the regulatory, right? Because you can have the yeah. biggest company and then China might, might just turn on the taps and want to include <laughs> some policies here and there. And before you know it, the whole education sector is going down or, yeah, or and, and the, anything like exactly. that. Exactly. It's, 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 it's difficult to, to predict, right? So if, if you are going to predict, you know, go, go small. I mean, I'm risk averse, right? So you always go small, mm. you DCA in slowly. You, you might not get the best returns, but, but that's fine. You know, you, you cut down your risk that way. Or you cut out your risk completely and just don't, don't buy China, which I think is slightly <laughs> foolish. But you no, know, there, there are people who like that. Yeah, you can diversify into China, but just know the risks, right? I think that's the thing. Yeah. And how that weighs out against the US, for example, if that's your portfolio. Yeah, and then you weigh your portfolio accordingly. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for that. Uh, speaking right. of portfolio, right? As we, before we move on to the last topic, uh, <laughs> did you read that uh, Shopee went out of India? They're they moving yes. out of India, right? Yes, another company that I own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I really need to trim my portfolio, man. I have too many companies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we were talking about it what, a few weeks ago with regards to them pulling away from France. Yeah. Now they mentioned they're pulling away from India. Actually, I was reading an article about unemployment that they'll cause by leaving a few cities. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, the, the, the stock price went up a fair bit, actually. Well, not yes. a fair bit, but a little bit, yeah. No, I mean, I thought the price action was really interesting. So they announced the news pre-market, I think, Tuesday. Mm. It would have been Tuesday or Monday, I can't, can't recall. It went down 10% pre-market, actually, once they announced the news. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah sorry. That, that was, they announced it um, Tuesday in the day, Singapore time. Pre-market, Tuesday, went down 10%. By the time you know, the market closed, it was up 1%. Right. So, so it's not too bad. And the next day, it, it just went up 10%. So, so it's, it's, it's insane, right? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's more a measure of the, the current market volatility than anything else. But yeah, I, I think that investors are looking at this as a piece of good news. Uh, maybe it's just a shift in focus to, be, you know, to stop cash-burning losses because, well, India would have been a cash-burning business for years on end as they try to beat the market, right? By, by competitive Absolutely. pricing and all that. And local, so, and local competitors as well, don't forget, right? So Yeah, I mean, like India as well. Flipkart, um, Amazon is there. Facebook tried to enter. I'm sure Reliance has, and Reliance Geo has like random stuff that they can do shopping as well. So it, it's a crowded market, right? And, and there's no, no clear path to winning, I would say. So, so yeah, I think the market just likes that the management took a proactive decision, said we are going to stop cash burn. We are going to focus on our, well, they didn't say that, but they, they kind of hinted that they're going to focus on their core markets, which are supposed to be EBITDA positive this year. Right, okay. and and that's it, right? So so we have turned from it, and and of course there will still be cash burning businesses, but they'll be in markets where they are you know, slightly more developed, like Brazil, let them maybe Poland, and and that's just you know because they have been in there for longer, they they have a much bigger foothold. There's maybe a bit less competition, and and well, not not Brazil because there's barely, but yeah, that that's just how I think they they're trying to control and and. Allocate their resources. Got it. Another one of those allocation plays, I think. Let's. It's it's yes. interesting, right? We'll, we'll keep on going, see how this plays out. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think they will exit Spain next, right? And I mean, it, uh, the, to me, a red flag would be if they ever said, I'm not in Brazil anymore, or I'm not in... Um, yeah, I think Brazil is pretty much the only one that I'll, if they exit, I'll be like, what the fuck? No, right? I'm selling my stock. <laughs> this, is, this is ridiculous. Cool, man. That was a, that was a good diversion. Just wanted to update yes. you since I read the news. Yeah. Yeah, All right, and, 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 and just because we, we are tracking a bit too fast now that Jefferson is not here to stop us. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> now we know why we're always so long on our, on our podcasts. <laughs> yeah, well, who, who knows, right? We, we might talk about macro for 20 minutes and, and then we end up long again. So we'll see. <laughs> let's see, let's see. But I'm, I, I think we don't have Jefferson, so therefore it's a little, a little faster here. <laughs> yes. ah, but it's good. it'll be good to have him back next week. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, you, and you can, and you'll turn the next topic, right? Where we talk about bonds and macro stuff that, yeah, I, I need him around. <laughs> we can, yeah, we can, we can give it a shot. We can give it a shot. And then we can ask yes. Jefferson next week during the podcast to evaluate to how say, we did. <laughs> yeah. and, and tell us where we went wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Anthony, tell us about the last topic, right? You were talking about a bond and equity markets diverging. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I don't know about you, right? But I think the question really is, you know, with, with all the bad macro news, with the war in Russia and all that, are we, and, and by we, I kind of mean the US and, and nobody else, heading into a recession, <laughs> right? And mm. Or is that coming? And the, the reason why I say it is this, right? So, so, you know, the macro headlines have just been terrible. Inflation is high and it's going higher with commodities prices going crazy and you know and, and that's hard to control and, and the Fed has come out and been extremely hawkish right so you know yes. last few months we have been talking about well you know uh, 25 basis point hike that's normal anything more than that is excessive it's unlikely to happen and guess what right so after so that was January February in March they hiked by 25 basis points um, yes. Powell spoke the next week and said, oh yeah, there's nothing stopping us from hiking 50 basis points. And the bond market immediately went, oh, okay, that means that he's going to hike 50 to 75 basis points. Right? Mm. And he's going to hike it multiple times. So, so it's going to be 50 and then 50 in May, 50 in May, 50 in June. And by the wow. end of the year, you know, some people say it could reach 3% right? from, from a 0.25 wow. or 0.5% rate. Now. End of the first quarter. So how many times is it going to go up by in the no, next nine months? <laughs> End of this year, right? So, yeah, so it's like one, half a percent, half a percent, half a percent, 0 0.25, 0 0.25, 0 0.25. It's, it's mad, you know? Um, yeah, and that's absolutely. the bond market, right? And because of that, <laughs> yields have been going crazy, um, especially short-term, the three-month and two-year treasury yields have been going crazy, and their prices have plummeted, right? Because of the mm. rate of change in, in the yields have been excessive. But with, with all that backdrop, right, and, you know, th this sounds really bad because higher interest rates mean slowing economic growth, our equities markets have gone the other way. They have gone, oh, yields are going up, therefore my share price should go up too, right? It, mm. It's insane. I, I, I don't, I mean, we, we, we kind of expected, oh yeah, you know, power will be clear and he will be decisive and he will be well, predictable, and he'll raise 25 basis points, and once he raises that in March, we'll have a bit of a pop, right? Yes, Because absolutely. that shows that the Fed is taking this seriously and all that. But the, the market did more than pop, the market exploded. You know, I, I think since, <laughs> what, 14 Fed, yeah, well, S&P is up nearly 10%, right? Which is difficult because it's a 500 counter index. The Nasdaq 
100 is, I think, up 15%. Um, high beta tech. Mm. And I know this because I bought some you know, right before the Fed meeting. Uh, some, yes. some of them are up like 30, 40% in two weeks. Right? Wow. It's, it's, it's complete madness. Like with this, you think, oh, the, the economy must be going great. You know, nothing will stop us. But no, right? You, you look, you take a step back to that situation. You go, no, this is insane. What, what's going on? And, yeah. and I don't know what's going on to, to you. But, you know, in all fairness, like if you take a look at it, right, if what the Fed says is going to go up, we expect if the bond market to drop, the equity market to mm-hmm. rise, right? That's definitely well, part of the play, right? It's not a sign of that recession just yet and there. No, that, that's, so, so the negative, so I mean, no, that, that's the 60, 40 you know, equity bond portfolio, right? But mm. they are actually not negatively correlated. Um, at least in a lot of cases. And, and even in the last few months, all the way to you know, February, they were extremely positively correlated. So, so that negative correlation doesn't hold in, in all time periods at all times, I would say. And, and it's not a given Good. that one goes up means the other one must, must come down. And actually it hasn't happened in, in like the last 10 years. So, well, actually so since 08, everything can talk dropped about, and then that's yeah. when it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so, so yeah, I mean, I, mm. I don't... So yeah, so so that that causal relationship is is kind of outdated at this stage. Um, even though the advice has stayed the same, um, which yep. which we can talk about another time. But yeah, it's 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 insane. Like you, you, it's hard to say. You know, we think that the economy is going to slow down, but share prices are going to rocket up. And from from an yep. from an already high position, right? I can't get. I don't quite understand. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me, the part part of it is if they are really going to increase the interest rates by that much, then what will happen to your mortgages? What will happen to your loans? What will happen yep. to all the all the debts you have to repay? And we're not even talking about personal debt, corporate debts, all yes. all of the extra things that are going on, right? Now we know there's an underlying market of uh, debt obligations, and they resell all these debts that literally go from company A to company B around the world, right? And they try and, and um, sort of minimize the risk or. or increase X number of people yeah. affected by that. Uh, so for me, that's, that's the big question mark because the U.S. Yeah, I, I interest mean, rates are, are affecting everyone. Yes. And, you know, that all of that actually tends to lead to lower equity prices as well, right? Because mm. people, you know, sell off their, their shares to pay for their mortgage because companies have higher interest costs, so they have less profits, you know, all, all of it points to slightly lower if, if not lower um, equity price growth so Absolutely. I don't know I, I mean I, I tried reading about it uh, lot, you, you hear lots of reasons right you hear people saying that yeah equities are, are now an inflation hedge I mean yeah if they, if they are now they, they were you know a year ago right but right. yeah <laughs> well because equity markets go up you know so you protect the value of your money more than letting it sit in the bank Right, because in oh, the bank at zero point two five percent, and you yes, know yes, your yes. your real value of money is diluting. Equity markets got ten percent. Inflation goes up seven percent. Your real return is two percent, so it's okay. okay. I, I don't know. Right? Um, I mean, I, these people don't know what the hedge means, I guess. But yeah, so so right. somebody so <laughs> quite a lot of people have said, yeah, equity is the inflation hedge. Some people have mm. said, oh yeah, it's back to the Tina play, right? There is no alternative because. Mm. Well, I mean, there, there are alternatives, as Jeff likes pointing out, right? There's gold, there's commodities, there, there's all those kind of things. But, you know, I think for, for me, at least, a lot of retail don't, and, and I include myself in that, we don't know how to assess those products. 
Yeah. Right. And I mean, I, I don't dare to trade commodities. I think I'd rather go trade Bitcoin. It, it might be slightly easier to draw lines on the chart. Um, so, you know, <laughs> there, well, there is no alternative. <laughs> yeah. When I traded commodities, I was on the ASX, right? And then you can buy yep. some indices or, or you can buy the actual companies that go and mine the coal or go and mine this or go and mine that. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, but, um, but that, that's again a proxy, right? Because you don't get yes. direct exposure to the, the spot market price. Um, so, so yeah, there, there's no alternative. You you can't buy bonds because yields are going up, prices are going down. You can't, Absolutely. you know, may, maybe you just have too much money and don't know where to put, so you put it in the equity market. I, I mean, I think that's a, a harder sell in, in a tough economic backdrop, right? Where people should Absolutely. save a bit more, right? Yeah. It, to, you know, fight your higher mortgages, things like that. So, yeah, I, I'm not quite convinced by that. Maybe it's a, just um, a very short-term play, right? Because if you look at it economically and just point, if interest rate goes up, means I need to spend, I need to use more of my disposable income to pay the bank. Yep. I then have less money to spend, less money to invest. So why yes. is our equity money going up? That's a very big, yeah, very, no, very, very big question. No, nobody knows. Then people say, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's the Fed put, um, the, the market has gone down too much and the Fed is coming in to, to save it. Right? The Fed will come in to save everybody. That, that's why it's going up. So it's speculation. That, that's nonsense, right? That, yeah. that's, that's like, come on. We, the, the S&P is, was, was barely in, wasn't even in correction territory. wasn't in bear market territory, right? I think it barely no. hit correction and, and then it went back up. Um, what yeah. else is there? Oh yeah, so some people say, oh, we are, we are at the end of March now. It's a time factor. You know, um, people people have a lot of 60, 40, 80, 20, you know, equity bond portfolios. And because equities have done so badly, they need to rebalance. So they are selling their bonds and buying equities. And that's a capital inflow. And, and that's why, you know, that, that's a bit of support for the, mm. yeah, support for equity prices. Mm, maybe, I don't know. Right. Um, well, but those aren't market really, those aren't market movers, right? We're all riding the wave. It's the corporates that are the ones actually influencing yeah, the market. Yeah, but, but the big I, I think if, if you are a big, you know, if you are, a, let's say you're a big robo, right, that helps people invest 60, 40, and you, you really mm. might be doing rebalancing right about now. Right. And because you're a robo with, with sizable AUM, you could actually be moving the market because you sell indiscriminately and you buy indiscriminately, right? You, you don't like set limit orders and hope for the you know, market to hit that price and then you buy, you just go market, you know, I'm buying a billion dollars and there we go. So maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but there, there, there's lots of noise out there. But I, I would say not, not, nothing that's you know, particularly convincing that, that explains mm. it to me. That I go, oh, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. Coconuts, if you are listening and you know why as well, we'd love to hear from you. Please yes. email us if at have- hello at the financial coconut or um, you know, message us on our DMs as well. Yes, tell us why this is going on and whether I should sell my, my stocks that are 30% up. Or just take some profit. <laughs> yeah, maybe, man, maybe. Last question, right, which you always have mm-hmm. to ask is, we're now in this state of, of a lot of news left and right. We don't really know who to listen to. Yep. So who should we listen to and what should we do with our current, current portfolio? <laughs> Don't listen to me. Not financial advice, right? So don't listen to me. Don't listen to you also. Right? Don't, don't listen to us. This is not entertainment, yeah? Yes, yes. Uh, don't worry, we have okay, our disclaimer. Uh, we have our disclaimers. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, this is one of those questions where, you know, I'll give you a lawyer answer of it depends, right? Um, everybody has different time horizons, different risks, um, risk mm. profiles. Like, I could lose, you know, tens of thousands and, and I wouldn't lose sleep over it because that there's a, a lot of money behind that, whereas somebody 
who doesn't have a big portfolio size will be a lot more worried, right? And and so you know, I think you need to make a decision for yourself because you know your, your situation best. But that being said, you know, I, I think the traditional advice is that listen to the bond markets more than equity markets, right? The the bond markets tend to lead the equity markets, and you know, because they are more sophisticated, they are all institutions. You know, they they even if they are wrong 90% of the time, it's better than being wrong 99% of the time, right? So, so listen to the bond markets and, and what the bond markets are signaling right now is that economic growth is really slowing. I, I think today or, or last night, the, the two and 10 year yield curves actually inverted for a bit. And that wow. has tended to be a signal of recession, of a recession coming up in the next one to two years. Right. Uh, of right. course, you know, it, it's, it's very technical. It only inverted for a while. Some people say you invert for three months before it's a real signal for recession, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's slightly noise. But I think the, the bond market is saying, look, economic growth is really slowing, right? So be prepared for some pain, even if it's a year or two down the road. But if you are short term, then you go, oh, that's fine, right? I have another year to ride a wave. Let's just continue buying. Yeah. <laughs> and, we'll sell, and we'll sell in 2023 and then we'll make money and we'll hold cash and everything will be great. We'll wait. We'll wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll DCA when it goes down again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or you just DCA as it keeps going up and, you know, once it goes up, oh, this is really a bit too much. You, you start selling. Right. Mm. So, so lots of ways to play this. I think, you know, it really depends on everybody's time horizon and, and well, what, what they feel like doing, right? Um, for me, I mean, I like being long-term um, because I think that's the age I have. I can hold for like 10 years, right? Because I want to retire in 10 years. And that means, and I'm very good at not selling because I just ignore the market and I go to sleep and I do other things in my life. So, so that means that mm. I'll continue DCA, uh, my DCA. I'm more than comfortable doing that. Lots of cash, so I can still do that. And yeah, I'll just keep buying and buying and, you know, even if the market goes down, I can buy again because this is not my last economic cycle, right? And the market will come back up again and I'll have more than when I started and that'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to play the ups and downs perfectly, I would say. You just need to be generally correct. Well, you can't really play the ups and downs, right? You, nobody's nobody's you can gone. Try. So like, I mean, that's why people draw lines no, you on, can never, on charts, right? No, they try. You can't, you can't time it exactly, right? So you will never get it right at the bottom. You'll never get it right at the top. Well, no, technical Even analysis is that you can time it almost perfectly. Yeah, but it's not perfect. You're never going to get it six times in a row. But, but you can be like, you know, a, a day away or two days away. and that, that's Yeah, but that's still better. not there though. Yeah, of course, of course. It's a lot better. No, but, but, but that's still way better returns than DCA, right? So mm. that I think, you know, the technical analysis is how you look. You can time the market and, and increase your chances of being of catching the bottom, right? So, so you might not be there, but better than blindly yeah. DCAing on the 30th of every day, of every month. Yeah, right, and, and that's enough. I guess the the sell of technical analysis. So, so yeah, yeah. and if, also if, depending if on the time that, horizon. Yeah, so yeah, if you believe in that, you just want to trade. You have a short time horizon, go for it, man. I think this type of market is fantastic because it's extremely volatile. You can trade like ten percent a day, and and you know be happy. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, uh, cool, man. Thanks for that, uh, Jeff. If you're hearing us, which you should be. Uh, on that I don't cruise. think so. His girlfriend <laughs> might more than us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let us know if, if uh, you think we were wrong. Uh, but coconuts out there, thanks so much for listening. Sorry we're a day late with releasing this. We had some technical issues. <sighs> but we will see you all next week. 
Bye. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh, and trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.